Oh man, it's been so long since I've done this. I'm feeling feeling nervous. Okay. Welcome to Opposable Just let Thumbs. It flow, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I totally stopped in your intro. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, good. Okay. Welcome to Opposable Thumbs. Opposable Thumbs is a podcast where Taylor and Rob tackle a new creative challenge every two weeks and talk about our accomplishments, failures, and lessons learned. Deborah later is our challenge this oh my gosh, I totally screwed this up. I'm pretty oh. challenging. <laughs> she's a challenge <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh okay uh, okay yeah. one more time once more this should time we interrupt getting... him when he starts yeah. you can do it <laughs> okay okay Welcome to Opposable Thumbs. Opposable Thumbs is a podcast where Taylor and Rob tackle a new creative challenge every two weeks and talk about our accomplishments, failures, and lessons learned. Capital is our challenge this episode. Shout out to Abigail glaum Lathbury for the challenge. And Deborah Later is our guest this episode. Greetings, Deborah. Hello. Yo. My name is Rob Ray. I use the he, his gender pronoun, and I'm a designer by day and an artist by night. And I make music and objects using the Shimmering Trash Pile pseudonym. And I'm Taylor Hokinson. I'm an artist, educator, DIY enthusiast, kid, cam evangelist, noted tall person. I'm a he, his kind of guy. I'm Deborah. (laughs) (laughs) I use she, her pronouns. I'm an artist, a musician, a mom. And I just really am a huge enthusiast for making stuff. Yeah. All right, we're in it. So, Deborah, you were just talking about an idea that I loved, which is people who are really good at something um, and whether or not that can be taught. And so do I understand correctly that you're in the camp that creativity can be taught? I think it can. I think, though, the important thing is to let students bring all their own baggage and all their own thought processes to maybe models of creating and working and then then they they you let them go you know you wean them because one thing will take them to the next thing to the next thing but as teachers who you know we want to launch our students <laughs> and it's been a while since i've actually done a lot of teaching you know but um we want to launch them so that they can make those decisions for themselves obviously but there are so many things we can put in front of them it's not that different than little your little kids who you you know try every sport and then they end up not liking any of them. <laughs> yeah. you know? But they have made their decision, at least, and they've tried it all. Or maybe they are, you know, going to pursue some kind of sport at, at some point. But in my kid's case, neither of them ended up being athletes, which is fine. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> were, were you an athlete? Was that something that was important to you? You know what? I was the kid that tried every sport, and I <laughs> loved it. It was so much fun. And I would try basketball and I tried track and, and the, the coaches hated me because they thought, oh, well, good. She'll be back next year and maybe she'll get better. And, you know, the only sport I actually kept to was field hockey. Can you imagine? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Rob, watch out. We've got a jock in our midst. She I might, know. She might try to pants us yeah. across the yeah. internet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, if you work in a print shop, you don't really need to be in the gym. You uh-huh. know, right. It's very right. physical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, one of my first jobs was working mopping a bakery, and I really loved it because at the end of the day, 
It was like, is the floor clean? <laughs> uh, if the answer is yes, you did your job right. And if it's no, you did your job wrong. And so I kind of like, I missed that. But um, it was a couple um, that had bought one of these um, Great Harvest Bread franchises and they had both been lawyers and they both quit their jobs to make bread. And I think ultimately the business did not last but man, they had just the the most toned arms, you know, from showing up at five o'clock <laughs> right? in the morning and, and kneading bread and all that stuff. I know. I mean, you know, if you think about it, the banjo is very heavy and I play mm-hmm. the banjo. The other night we were, I was cooped up in a car all day and we had a gig up in Upper Michigan and uh, I danced more than usual because I'm just had so much pent up energy from sitting in a car all day. I'm not really good at sitting still. And so um, I got my exercise that way. How do we find out about your band? The band is called Sons of the Never Wrong. Okay. I have two boys. Nice. <laughs> but the band has been around for uh, 27 years. Nice. Wow. I know. Is that nuts? Oh, yeah. Rob, check this out. They actually got um, sons.com. That tells you how long that band's been around. I know. We oh invented the internet. We invented the interwebs, us and Al Gore. Yeah. That's pretty good. If someone asks you the most horrible question ever, which is, what do you mm-hmm. sound like? How do you answer mm-hmm. that question? That's really hard. Well, we, we, we write all our own material because okay. we can't remember other people's songs. And so if we do our own and we change the words, no one will know. But the, um, <laughs> no, I think that we're folky at the core, and yet we use a lot of jazz musicians as our, um, you know, backup back and... Mm-hmm. So our piano players, jazz, I mean, I play piano too, but um, he's a jazz guy and our bass player is a jazz person. And um, But we bring on really interesting people who do world music. So we're always mixing it up. So it's folky kind of alt folk, alt folk, mm-hmm. uh, turbo folk. Wow, it, turbo folk. We, we move a lot <laughs> on stage and we're a little weird, um, a little different, yeah. Well, so I want to tell the story real quick. I went to participate at this awesome event that Deborah throws at the CPC, the Chicago Printmakers Collective in Chicago, uh, printing giant steamroller. Uh, wait, are they relief prints? Yeah, yeah. Getting the turn right. You rocked it. And so, so um, I saw. I looked out across the working area and I saw Deborah's amazing shoes. And I knew <laughs> that she and Rob Ray must talk to one another. You guys have very similar shoe style. What? Oh, Rob, I need nice. to see your shoes. I have, um, I'll take a picture and I'll post it to Slack. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. post it on the Slack. <laughs> and I have some really cool ones on too. They're, they're, yeah, well, we'll talk about shoes later. I think Deborah, I'm the Imelda that... of folk music. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't cry for me. Wait, is that, am I thinking the right person? Mm, no. I think that's a Vita. <laughs> oh, I think I want a Vita. My bad. <laughs> Um, so, so Deborah, maybe you have uh, many funky shoes of many different kinds, but you I were do. wearing these like amazing 1980s, make your eyeballs bleed, every color, high tops. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, Rob is totally into that scene. So I thought I, I for many scene. reasons, but that you guys should connect and we should all connect in a creative project. It's so yeah. fortuitous. Mm-hmm. Photo, photo incoming. Let's see. Oh, the channel. Oh. Let's take a look. There we go. Oh, wait. I'll send you a picture of my shoes. I mean, I can't do three things at once. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can just hold it up to the Skype channel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Know, yeah. Rob will see it. Yeah. Those are these more are, or less like... Uh, these are Converse. Are yeah, they have... Yeah. Um, well, this oh, is radio. <laughs> Blue Please. leather rip-off Converse. This is a Converse from the 70s. They're amazing. 
uh, they're black, powder blue, and a big yellow star on the side. I had it made for me in Vietnam. Oh they have gosh. these people there who just Whoa. like make whatever you bring them. It's all knockoff illegal stuff. And yeah. so I was like, hey, here's 20 bucks. Would you make these shoes? And they're like, yeah. And the that next day so they cool. were done. Isn't that amazing? Oh, look at those. Oh, Rob. Yeah. They're silver. <laughs> yeah. The silver <laughs> low top Pumas. Oh, they're, yeah. They're, um, they're, they're hard to find, but they're not collectible. So they show up on, on uh, eBay every once in a while. And they'll typically be like, like 20 bucks or something. Well, let's talk about shoes for a second, because, again, we, uh, Taylor and I were talking about the creative process, and I actually think sometimes, um, literally, I'll, I'll walk into my closet naked, and I'll just, like, start with my socks, and I'll go, like, okay, I'm going to wear this, like, the striped sock I have on the microphone right now. It's kind of colorful, right? And um, <laughs> And the one on the other foot is completely different. And then I'll, I start from there and I'm like, well, what underwear would look nice with this? And then I'll start with, you know, go. it's like, I think you can live a creative life and it can even be in your closet and you go, okay, well, what shoes am I going to wear now? And, and then I've really had fun dressing myself every day. And I figure if I have to look in front of a computer and do busy work or, you know, apply to shows, all the crap we have to do as artists that we are, isn't mm-hmm. fun. At least I was able to be a creative dresser that day. You know what I mean? Is that that's, how you feel? That's <laughs> I've never had the courage. I don't know. What about you, Rev? So I have an admission to make. I'm becoming a like uh, expressive dresser from the ankles down, but I'm hoping I'm hoping that it will go up upward th- through my legs and through the rest of my body. Once upon a time, the ankle was a very um, or a risque area of the body. It was. Yeah. Yes. You were a flashy dresser for 1880. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Rob, we should probably we should probably show um projects. Let's do it. Yeah. Chopping at it. the bit. Do you happen to know what the order is this week? Rob? I do. Taylor, you are first. Oh, it is me. Mhm. I am looking at a big, giant stone artifact yes. yep. in the forest. So there are like palm trees. It looks like something where pro- tropical, and literally, it looks like some giant ancient coin. But it's big yes. as compared yep. to all the little boulders and maybe a stream bed or a trail. It looks like more like a trail next to it, like as if you were walking through the forest and you saw bigger than life size a giant donut out of stone yes yeah yeah and it feels like just based on uh, uh deborah i'm totally seeing that i'm all that stuff is registering for me too it definitely looks tropical right like it feels like mm-hmm. there's some trees that aren't uh native native to chicago which is where taylor no. is um mm-hmm. uh and it looks like that stone is maybe six feet high four feet high quite tall and like I said, mm-hmm. it's a. I'm I'm seeing the donut shape also. There's like a, a, a hole in the middle, and I will admit that. So the challenge this episode is capital, right? And Money. I will yes, I will yeah, say. Yeah, I this saw that right away. Mm-hmm. Feels like. However, the challenge is also kind of currency. Yes, because that's, that's right. Accidentally, what I called it, and then I told Deborah that. <laughs> yeah. We sort of led Deborah, Deborah slightly astray. Uh, yeah, but, I, but we're I all worked good. that one, but yeah. it's all good. I yeah. felt that the play of the two words, currency and capital, really worked. So I think this could work for either. 
Yes. And um, but yeah, I definitely saw this sense of like ancient coin, but yep. giant, some kind of a archaeological find. Yeah. Same. Cool. Whoa. Image right. number one. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> not not what I was expecting. No. Uh, Deborah, do you know? So we're seeing fish in a can. Mm-hmm. In a in like a classic cartoon style sardine can, of which yes, I've never tin. actually seen in real life, tin. a tin. Yes, a tin. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know what a sardine looks like, so I don't know if that's like lutefisk or a sardine or something. Yeah, it <laughs> might. Deborah, do you know what it is? I don't. It looks like they sh- they're bigger than sardines might be, yeah, but then it same. just might be the Very way um, no, it, right. it's looking. It almost looks like maybe it's a bigger can or it's a different fish mm-hmm. but it's yeah. fish of some kind for sure yeah I mean, so, I think. yeah and the can is so it's yeah. a classic um sort of rect- rounded rectangle can and the and the lid is peeled back right like with a pull tab you know i so, actually mm-hmm. ate something like this yesterday because i had no food in in the whole in the collaborative and at my studio and i ate a, a thing of smoked oysters and it came Ooh. in a tin just like that from trader wow. joe's yeah. have you had them they're really are, good i mean they, they sound good? really so gross good. They're really good. So good. They're very oily, oh. but yeah. Yeah, this this looks yeah. like something I would not like to eat. Yeah, and, and that is the difference between you and me, Rob. You, <laughs> We might wear similar shoes, but um, I would eat that. Ah, okay, cool, cool, <laughs> cool. Well, you know, if it becomes a possible thumbs challenge, I'll do it, but... Okay, so me, I'm, I'm looking at, oh, image two. Weird. It looks to be some kind of... <laughs> wow. I know. Um, it's a product, and <laughs> it could be for eyes, or it mm-hmm. could mm-hmm. be. It's like it almost looks part of the top part. This is very hard to describe. The top part almost looks like hair dryers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yep. the bottom looks like something like some kind of a scope. Like you're mm-hmm. going to look through mm-hmm. this, and you're going to see something through, like the part of the hair dryer that has the air coming out. But you're going to yeah. see somebody's eyeball or something in it. Yeah. But I don't yeah. know what it's for. I yeah. It has a slightly the... medical device look. Yes. Uh, but also like kind of like a device that someone would be trying to sell you an Instagram. Like, Yeah. It looks like it's medical, but I think it's probably not. Mm-hmm. So that's... Yeah. Handheld. Yeah. Handheld. It has a, it has a De- quackery vibe. you're good at this game. Yep. You're well, yeah. It game. has one. It has a... You know, oh, I, we should mention that like a hairdryer, it has a button yes. that you would push with your hand, like a gun yep. type yep. trigger yep. thing. Yeah, it definitely looks a lot like a hairdryer, but with a weightier yeah, base yeah. with seemingly some sensors or cameras yeah. or something on it. Okay. Oh, Wait, whose turn is it? It's your turn, Keep right? moving. Okay. Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, number three. Ooh, Are you cool. able to see number three? Definitely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Same. It's a... It's a, 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 a File, H-E-I-C. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> yeah, if only just, Hike. I believe it's high inter, high efficiency imaging something. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Hike. Hike. Ooh. Okay, you, you, it's your turn, so I won't interject. So this, um, mm, cool. this is some kind of CAD tool, uh, software mm-hmm. platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably like, a, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. You know what it is. I, I it can't. Is. I don't know. I, I. It's Rhino. Rhino. That's what it is. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So we're seeing like a very classic CAD look where we see like a gridded, um, mm-hmm. like kind of isometricy perspective grid thingamabob, and mm-hmm. some red, green, and blue arrows to denote uh, X, Y, and Z. And we're seeing what looks like almost like a 
laser scan or something of a head in four angles. Like yeah, it's almost down. as if you're you're mapping something out to use yeah. on a 3D printer. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a 3D, like, yeah, if you were going to 3D print it or do something with this three-dimensional shape, understand it better, fill in the correct, it's like, and it looks like an ancient, it's not a skull because it has a nose and a f- brow and stuff. So it's mm-hmm. more like a mummy. Yeah. Mummy. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely and it also, mummy. because I'm a printmaker and I can't help myself, um, it almost seems like the arrows are meant to be some kind of a registration so things mm-hmm. line up properly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you're, say, a sculptor and you need to see things from a certain angle and how does that line up with the other angle and, you know, something like that kind of a thing. Yep. Yep. But yeah, very that's high exactly tech. What that is. Okay. That's very I cool. I believe it's called the Noman, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Oh, you guys are With so a G. Technical. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, but you just called you just called the function off the top of your head. Yeah. One of us. One yeah. of us. Yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting thing that happened, right? Is like when someone takes something from their area of expertise and recognizes it in someone else's area of expertise through mm-hmm. that like kind of fingerprinting sure. that we do. It's I don't know what the word for that could be, but anyway, it's cool. Ooh, uh, image number four. It feels very forensic-like. Okay, so what we're seeing <laughs> is the same kind of mapping software, yep. but all of a sudden it's filling in the gaps. I love this. Yeah. This is so cool. Okay, so you're looking at this kind of partial, so almost like, again, a, re- a relic, a remnant, a, ma- a piece of a mummified face maybe. You're mapping it, and then you're, you're finishing it using the same kind of software, and... It's all, you know, computer generated. And just so listeners know, there's four different um, pictures per page. So this one shows the top of the skull and the side view of the skull and then the back. And then in the fourth picture, there is literally as if you flushed it out, like who this person would be. I swear this is like forensics. This is so interesting. Um, And somebody's basically sculpted out of computerized pixel dust. Yeah, yep. Um, <laughs> the face of yes. this person. That's so cool. I have a suspicion, Deborah. Do you, do you notice the brow and the nose of that person in the upper right? Um, yes, I, I do. Let's see. Um, oh, it might be. Wait a minute. Wait, let me, let me look at you, Taylor. Oh, my. Look, look very seriously. That. Yes, this is. Very interesting. I think we're seeing Taylor's uh, features on this head. Where did you find the mummy of yourself? I know, right? Yeah, this is this is this is interesting. This is so interesting. So I think it's your turn, Rob. Okay, image number five. Whoa. Whoa. Now we're we're definitely in the like uh, computer. We're deep into computer graphics now. It feels like Mm -hmm. we see a a much more fully fleshed out. computerized head it looks like a cross between a craftwork head you know from the band craftwork mm-hmm. absolutely L- linen and taylor like <laughs> yeah it has a little linen there yeah. yeah yeah with like that or like a death mask you know like those that concept of like when someone croaks you uh do a mold of their head and have their mm-hmm. face because mm-hmm. taylor i assume it's taylor his eyes are closed but he has a very oh 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 Maybe what? he maybe he's gonna make a coin of himself. 
<laughs> oh, wow. that could be cool. Pretty good, dude. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's. Wow. <laughs> this image totally looks like it would be used on like the outer box of a software package that you would have bought in like 1987 mm-hmm. to be like computer graphics software. <laughs> yeah. Like, look look what you can do to your own face. Yes, works on the fonts. Yes, works on the Macintosh Quadra. Yeah, this started very like 2000 BC, and now it's very it's very hashtag 2019, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. like stereo photogrammetry kind of thing. And so I'm not sure how we got yeah from from old from the origins of money and currency and mummies to Taylor's head, but but here we are. Oh, I clicked ahead into 6B. Oh, it's YouTube. Yes, mm-hmm. it gave us a YouTube link. You're repairing yeah. uh, the seam between the skull, what, what was formerly pieces of a hole. Like before, it was sort of three mm-hmm. chunks of Taylor's head, like the skull right. cap and then the face ears and then the, mm-hmm. and then the jaw. So he's stitching oh. three, three, two, three 3D models into one. And it's sort of um, almost like with a kind of glue gun esque, like yes. digital glue gun, gluing the pieces together. Well, there you go, Rob. You you got it. Um, the oh, coin. Good job, Rob. We have a coin. You 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 did great, Rob. I, I you know I you may not be too excitingly dressed from the ankles up, but you got you got, <laughs> you got this. Um. So what we're looking at is um the coin that we referenced earlier. Uh. So it's a coin of of Taylor Bald. Um. And <laughs> Looks it's great. Really cool. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't have any writing on it, and it looks like yeah. a gold coin mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. some kind of material. Yeah, like a digital um, rendering, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's really beautiful. The first image, the big stone disc, mm-hmm. uh, that's now known as a rye stone, R-A-I, which is a form of currency that's done by the, um, that's used on the Micronesian island of Yap. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so the story goes, and it may be apocryphal, but that you would basically take these giant limestone objects and you'd effectively purchase a share in the object and that would hold um, in the abstract uh, a value of currency that you owned. Um, So uh, apparently one of these sank to the bottom of the ocean when it tipped off of a boat or something and it still maintained all of its value because who cares? Like it's not like you can do anything with it anyway. Um, So if your family owned, you know, a 64th of the, you know, rye stone at the bottom of the ocean they still do uh-huh. um, and then so yeah i was thinking about this explicitly in terms of currency kind of all summer and then the second one was this other story that i really loved about bitcoin right so bitcoin again <laughs> you know people think like oh you make a digital coin like why does anybody care and how could that have value but that's the exact same as money right because it's not backed up by gold or silver right uh, so there was a guy who went to jail for fixing some kind of bitcoin market or um i think it was he was knowingly helping people use bitcoin that were going to use it for stated illegal activity so he went to jail and then he worked on a distributed ledger system in jail where the unit of currency Whoa. was uh, canned mackerel oh my god because um, you were only able to buy so many so there was an artificial limit on the amount of cans of mackerel in the prison system. Mm. And then you could say, like, right now, mackerel is trading at four cigarettes or whatever. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. And so wow. he talked about going to jail and just doing effectively the exact same thing, where you establishing a currency that the, gr- the group decided would be valuable. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
Um, eventually, because I had so many technical problems, I wasn't able to produce a physical coin. But much like the, the YAP currency, there's currently this 300-pound sculpture in Franconia, Minnesota, that is sitting out there. And so just as if it had sunk to the bottom of the ocean, I want to bestow upon each of you half of the value of that currency in the abstract. Um, So it's not an ownership of the work per se, but it's an ownership of the imaginary currency value as if it were a huge coin. So right now, both of you own half of that unit, 150 pounds of that sculpture uh, in terms of its ability to do abstract currency work. And I want to really encourage you to um, sell portions of your share to other people for uh, for your profit. Yes. Oh, wow. So is it a pyramid scheme? I'm not sure. I'm still trying to get my arms around how currency functions. <laughs> but clearly, like, so None I've got all this... None of us really um, know. <laughs> you know yeah. I've got all this Hong Kong money sitting on my desk from a conference I went to a couple of years ago. And in some ways, it's valuable to me, but it also... Like the value it has is not necessarily in owning the object. The value it it has is in other people's agreement that it could be it could be traded for money. Mm-hmm. Um, so the coin will run around and never have an owner, and yet it will still continue to do this job for you know thousands of people potentially. So in the same way, I'm wondering, can I still maintain ownership of my sculpture? while the two of you are using it as a currency unit and can it have can it have both values at the same time so that's for us to figure out that's awesome really interesting first of all i feel very psychically wealthy right now yeah, yeah. i'm and glad it came across secondly, that <laughs> i think as artists like that's about all we're ever going to get so that's okay <laughs> Wow. All right. Cool. Well, that's me. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for looking. I, you know, I started as a sculptor, so. Um, oh. oh yeah, nice. Right up my alley. Yeah. Geez, I feel like there's not enough time to truly get into all of the stuff that you do because I want to make sure we talk a lot about the CPC, but yes. clearly yeah. that's only one part of your practice. Yeah. No, we. Uh, I've been running the, the Chicago Printmakers Collaborative for 30 years, like starting today. Wow. I think Today's the anniversary? It oh, is cool. kind of, yeah. Oh, my yeah, gosh. I, I started in September of 1989, which really dates me. Um, That's right. It's my first baby before my children. And, uh, yeah, it's been a long run. That is yeah. so cool. You know, oh, my gosh. That's so cool. Band for, you know, actually, I've been in the band for 20 years because um, it was a band before I joined it. But, mm. um, but yeah, lots of lo- longevity thing. I don't know if that just makes me super boring or it's just you know like i love what i really do love what i do so i'm very lucky but there you go Um, i don't think boring is the right way to say you're a good collaborator (laughs) that can sustain a three decade uh, totally (laughs) organization well i do i do feel like sometimes i like that kind of boring yeah well when the um the running of the chicago printmakers collaborative requires a lot of administration administrative you know kind of wherewithal um, which takes me away from making things. But at a certain point, I realized that creating community was another way of creating. Totally. So yep. that's yep. part of my practice. Uh, I, I'm acknowledging that now, but it took me years to kind of get there. I would feel guilty. Oh, I didn't make it. I haven't made a print. I haven't made an object. I haven't, mm-hmm. you know, worn really interesting clothes. <laughs> you know, whatever. Oh, I, I wanted to shout out um, 
Temporary Services, who was a Chicago-based art group. I just saw an email today. They are releasing kind of important to me and maybe to other people. They had published a booklet called Group Work that was about Ooh. collaboration. Um, and they it's been out of print for a long time. And so the PDF is available on their site. I think if you go to Half Letter Press, you can get the PDF. It's a super cool um, set of interviews and discussions and stuff about working in groups, which I, is... Um, uh, Deborah, to your point, like really a, a lot of the work, right, that we do yeah. as creative people. It's, so. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. It is, and I, and I do I do really enjoy that part. But there you go. I will say, Chicago printmakers was like when I first moved to town. I was you know twenty something in Chicago, and um, it was really one of the first things I ever heard about. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that makes that's me cool. so happy. And I remember thinking like. And this isn't like, it was just me being me. I was just like, oh, I'm not a printmaker, but it's really cool that there's like a, it, it kind of was like, oh, that's, I didn't even think about that, that you could like do a thing, I guess like be an organization for lack of a better term. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. outside the world of like being attached to a school or being like, right. you know, a, like a punk rock band or something, you know, that you could like have a creative well, practice. Well, it surprised you know, me. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> because I came to Chicago looking for another teaching job. I was a professor at University of Indiana University at Fort Wayne before I came here. Oh, cool. And I was a, you know, printmaking professor, not tenured or anything like that, but, you know, I was pretty young. And I moved to Chicago and I was looking for a teaching job. And, you know, people were like, you yeah, know, you could have an adjunct or whatever. And I, I was used to, you know, I guess I was a little bit of a diva. I'm like, I've had health insurance. Where's my health insurance? Yeah, you know, right. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I and I thought, well, whatever. Anyway, but at the same time, I was looking for a teaching job here. I was looking for um, a place to make my work. And every single print shop had since closed down in Chicago. Yeah. And then all the stars kind of aligned. And I saw an ad in the old Chicago Artist Coalition newsletter when yep. it was back and when it was paper yep. before the internet. And I there was a print shop for sale and it was the old hard press editions and I bought out the remnants of that shop wow. and moved in to the old space that they had which was a second story walk up in Wicker Park in Chicago and started the studio and you know didn't I didn't say oh I'm I mean it would be a crazy person thing to say I'm going to go start a print shop uh-huh, uh-huh. that that's that's ridiculously stupid uh-huh. um I mean it's it's hard <laughs> and so I built it over a very long period of time, gradually, and you know, here we are. So That's cool. Years later. And oh, if people want to check out uh, Chicago Printmakers, they can go to chicagoprintmakers.com. That's it. Our Instagram has a lot of really fun process videos that those seem to be quite popular. That's great. So if you want to see, you know, litho live action litho, you go to our Instagram at, at Chicago Printmakers. There's a ton of cool stuff there. So I'm dying to see what Deborah made. Can Let's we do check it. it out? Let's do it. Okay, I have to admit, I still need to download it. Let me do it right oh, here yeah. real quick. Oh, man. Okay, so first image we see is it's a copper plate, maybe, or brass. It has yeah. a It has a Copy metallic shape. look to it. And it mm-hmm. has some tooth to it, meaning like it's got like lots mm-hmm. of little etchy looking lines in it, little scratchy lines in it. And it's laying in someone's lap, maybe Deborah's. Uh, and there's three mm, kind of prehistoric or looking fish. And when I say prehistoric, it's because like there aren't any eye, there's not a visible kind of eyes or anything yet. And so it 
it has that They're like outlines, yeah yeah outlines exactly yeah so it has that like um uh kind of feral look to it where it's just like <laughs> the shape of the fish but we don't know if they're happy to see us or not they have little ti- little tiny mouths which i'm finding really entertaining <laughs> and taylor you think that's like that looks like eight by twelve maybe size i think it's thing. smaller smaller it's smaller eight by ten image number two uh-huh taylor what are you seeing so I'm seeing that great little rig. You take a piece oh. of wood and then cut a um, a 90 degree angle into one of the ends to give you almost like it looks like a little pair of pants. And then when you place a sheet of metal on it and clamp it on, you've got a way to brace the piece as you're cutting through it with a um, um like a uh, with a, a, I guess that's not a hacksaw. Is that still a hacksaw, Deborah? What do you call? It? Is it a jeweler it's a, saw? It's a jeweler saw. Mm-hmm. Like a coping saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. coping saw. Yeah. A tiny, um, tiny blade. Tiny blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it, it just looks like a like a, a wire at, uh, from this angle. Um, yeah, so we're cutting out those outlines, and then knowing that Deborah is a printmaker mm-hmm. gives me makes me think that we're heading in that direction. But it's who's to say? She's a sculptor as well. Yeah, uh, and so many more things. And I didn't see cutting it out coming. I always think of like a a plate or something when I think of printmaking. So I'm intrigued by the cutting so we'll see what what happens there as a new well and a, and a plate doesn't have to have a rectilinear right. edge right That's i mean right. you can That's effectively right. make a printing plate yeah whatever shape you want okay aha uh-huh. cool. yes so image number three is deborah doing what we thought was happening which is cutting out the fish on the form with the coping saw jeweler saw excuse me and then we see and the the wonders of a print making a shop all in the background i have to just mention that for a second like print shops have the best gear like mm-hmm. best piles of gear there's like an an a hand iron like a clothes iron back there there's mm-hmm. one of those great racks that you use to dry prints on mm-hmm. there's like mm-hmm. weird jugs of things like turpentiny looking stuff in the background is that also a plate heater back there yeah that's a hot plate oh yeah um, yep. that etching stuff. oh cool so you yeah got it anyway great 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 shot in the next photo, we see some more more cutting. Yeah, sorry, I I didn't know how many to put on here. So oh yeah, just... wait till you see mine. I got, the, all, I got lots. The video of is great, and it shows us. So is that blade on that little thing directional, or can it yes. cut? Yeah, just oh, one, yeah. just down. It just cuts down. Wow, this video is great. It's really, really great. Takes you through every step. Yeah. So once the uh, once the forms get cut out, they get inked with a little uh, brayer, I believe. Yep. And then um, a roller wheel, yep. Placed on a press, paper placed on top, oh. run through the press, and then you get both the printing of the tooth that uh, <laughs> that Rob was referring to, and some embossment, I assume, into that fancy paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had a little, <laughs> uh, a great little shot at the end of the uh, plate swimming by. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. Deborah's holding the fish, and it's sort of yeah. animated by, which is really nice. Wow. So, so this is great. It it did not turn out how I expected because I thought that there would be additional image material etched into the surface, but we're and I'm also curious if the tooth was just like manufacturing tooth or if that tooth was laid down as a way just to give it a form that was not a simple silhouette. That's one did, of the things. Did I, you want me to answer that or should we keep going? Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Yeah. Let's keep going. Yeah. Let's okay, yeah. Oh and yeah. There we go. Yeah. Oh. Cool. Yeah. So the next one we're seeing, so before, like we said, there was three different shapes. And so what we're seeing now 
is I'm going to, this is like, I'm heading deep into noob land here. So I'm going to do my best. Do it. The three shapes, there's large, medium, and small. Some of the fish are dark and some of the fish are light. And I'm not sure if that's just from the amount of ink on there or if it's from the amount of roughness that's on the metal plate, which means it would hold more more metal in it. Um, yeah. I'm betting it's some kind of gel medium that you can use to loosen the ink up, but I'm curious oh. to hear more. This was kind of really fun because I never quite done anything like this before. Mm-hmm. Um, also, my work tends to be rather complicated and mm. this is mm-hmm. very straightforward in some yeah. ways. Yeah. So I the the darkest fish uh, were printed um, with a little bit of a uh, I just put the burnt plate oil in a ink that I had used for etching. Initially, I was going to ink these up like an etching, where you're pushing the ink into the grooves of the yeah. plate and then okay. printing from mm-hmm. what's underneath the surface. But these I just inked up in relief fashion, like as if you were inking up a woodcut. Oh, and the and darkest not wiping one, it. Yeah. no, yeah. not wiping it at all. And the right. darkest um, is the first image, and then I literally didn't ink it up anymore. I just cool. these are ghosts of the original, and and yeah, yeah. if I had had time, what I would have just wanted to make them keep going till they became just embossments and not uh-huh. any color on them. But yeah. it was kind of really cool to see how they interacted uh, with, you know. Also, I'm very interested in fragility and memory mm. and all these things. So like the the fact that. These are kind of receding a little bit more and more and more as I run them through the press. And I would mm-hmm. switch directions and I put them upside down and you can see a couple of them you know, switch direction <laughs> and yeah. uh, and also placement. So I just was messing. I mean, as you move down to image six, you can see ghosting it yet further. But mm-hmm. I really like comparing it to image eight where that complexity that Deborah is talking about is really on display. So yep. there's a very complex image of somebody wading through water with the sort of um, branching or root system bursting out of their head and their helmet. And they have a a caged animal and then a a device for looking beneath the water, perhaps, that's showing them fish and so on. So so clearly this image would have taken so much labor to make. They have air canisters or tanks of some kind on their back that also appear to have the form of a tree or otherwise an organic form. So it does seem to be a more explicit ecological message where the the breathing is happening um, because of natural systems. So it's not that literal water is being breathed or whatever, but the water, you know, representing another natural system. And so searching for the presence of live fish and so forth in that water is maybe suggesting checking the health of the system, as would be carrying the canary in the cage. Are we on the right track there, Deborah? Totally. Wow. Good. You guys are good, man. <laughs> I love it. I'm so happy. So now we have a photo. And the photo is, um, do you know what kind of bird that is, Taylor? We're looking, it's like a, it feels like a lakeshore kind of. It's like a close-up shot of the beach. I wanted to say cormorant, but I'm totally pulling that out of my butt. That's a piper, <laughs> I think. Oh, okay. I will defer to you. My, my birding is terrible. <laughs> Same. And then, a, <laughs> and then a branch, a tree branch of some sort that looks pretty weathered like a lot of the bark has been stripped off mm-hmm. yeah yeah and the last image looks like a, a csa bounty Ooh. or pulling up everything in your garden or That's whatever some good looking really food yeah celebratory pile Thank of you vegetables very much. man the greens yeah. in that photo are something yeah did you grow them yeah that uh, i made all that wow it's like yeah. again it's like the, the i the making the making part the maker yeah. you know like you can make dinner and feel pretty good you know 
<laughs> I, I love how the carrots are, are essentially radishes in shape. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Actually, my sister saw a picture of that um, beet. The, there's a yellow beet, and um, she was like, wow, how do your radishes come out so good? I'm like, because it's not a radish. Nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did think that was a radish. Yeah. yeah. See, this is the city the, boy talking. The beet. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yeah, so, so so this was, you were just carrying on the theme in terms of things that had been made over the last two weeks? When I heard the word, uh, first you gave me the word currency, and capital does seem to, to fit as well, um, very much, in, and I, I have a great... Uh, but um, the idea of currency to me, that the image that first came to my head was, um, you know, leaves falling off a tree. And then I started to think about that a little bit and what, why I had that image in my head. Um, you know, I think it was because, you know, money doesn't grow on trees, you know, that, that, that cold metaphor. But, mm-hmm. but then that led me down the rabbit hole of some other ideas. And I realized that, um, like Taylor, what you were discussing with your coin idea and the ownership idea, um, I was thinking about how currency and the way we think about it um, isn't really valuable. And what is valuable is natural resources. Mm. Yeah, and so my, I, I started to feel like our currency is going to become a little more real really soon. Because of yes. what's going on in the world with you know, global warming and all, I think it's a catastrophe. And it, and it, it actually, watching what's happening with the natural resources and our current occupant and all those things makes me angry. And it actually hits me in a place where I sometimes feel sick. And so my work is responding to that idea. And so the idea of taking a piece of copper and making fish currency out of it, because you think of pennies, copper, you know, the use of metal in the creating of coins. So that's where, again, when, when you did your coin reference, I completely was like, oh, okay, I, I'm kind of doing the same thing, but differently, where I'm stamping my own sensibility on, on something that I'm going to create that might have value to somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's made out of the same thing a penny is made out of. And so the etched imagery in the... So I etched the entire rectangle of copper before I started cutting out of it. And what's etched in there is a, uh, I, put, I laid a soft ground on that, and that's just a ground that doesn't dry. And you can actually impress things in it and, it, and then put in the acid and mm-hmm. etch it um, so that you know, it creates that texture. And I was using netting. And oh, again, the idea of like catching cool. fish. That's cool. Um, it's very, very, very subtle. And then when I... I actually did try to ink one up as an etching. It didn't really work how I wanted it to. But when I rolled it up in relief, it had more of a sense of water mm-hmm. um, than netting. But I kind of liked it. Um, and the idea is, you know, I'm cutting out essentially my fish coins, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. And, and then the idea of capital is very interesting because I pulled up this thing today or, or yesterday um, and in Middle English, the word capital means of the head, in the Latin uh, root, um, in like the head of cattle, you know, used in trade and finance, originated in medieval economies when a common but expensive transaction involved trading heads of cattle. 
And I felt like, well, what we're doing, what I'm trying to do with the work was that, well, let's go back to heads of cattle. But what are we really trading in? You know, at the end of the day, if we really screw up our environment, we're going to be trading in fresh water. And we're going to be trading in food that we grow ourselves. Or we're going to be trading in, we're not, you know, coins aren't going to mean anything because you can't eat a coin. And so I guess that was my way of, uh, you know, kind of approaching the, the concept was through the idea of real value instead of perceived value. Yeah, yeah, but that's cool. If that, if that right makes on. any sense. Cool. All right, Rev, let's, uh, let's bust it's open your so zip exciting. phone. Bring it. I'm just looking at the first image, and it looks like someone's work area. It's probably you with your arm in there with a bunch of wood scraps. Next. All right, safety first. Rob has his uh, cross-cutting jig laid on his table saw. I'm so jealous that he has a shop he can have a full-on saw stop in. He's making some cuts. <laughs> uh, he's cutting out some sort of, looks like sandpaper, but it's probably just brown paper. Yeah, you you had a really nice tattoo that I only can see part of. Yeah, I like how you're kind of flexing. <laughs> so he's assembling some kind of box form. It looks like with um, simple butt joints. I'm on image five, uh, so he's kind of folding this thing together, and maybe it's oh, yeah. going to be about I don't know, eighteen by ten inches by ten, something like that. Oh, look at you! Yes, it's definitely a box form. He's got it all clamped up, uh, glued, and he's putting the screws in. Looks like they were pre-drilled uh, for the countersink. Very nice. Yep, good um, job. No splits. Ooh, image eight. He gets curious. What do you think those okay. little fellows are for? Look at that. Um, so there are these two triangular pieces set into the side of this box form mm-hmm. um, with the point in the toward the center of the box. It almost looks like, uh, yeah, it's hard to say what it's going to be. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm looking at 9 and 10. So a, a fairly fat dowel has been added. And then um, we have the sort of like zombie apocalypse shot in 10 where we're spraying it down. And I assume we're painting it or finishing it in some way. Well, the the dowel makes it feel like some kind of weird birdhouse, but I know mm-hmm. that's not what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 11? Oh, nice. I see where this is heading now. So, oh, yeah. yeah. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, Rob's doing a takeoff on the little free uh, library, library where you just give and take books for free. Uh, but this is going to be a little electronics library, and he's preparing what I assume will be a uh, template for a spray paint or something like that in Illustrator. Oh, I'm loving this idea. So because now the dowel makes total sense because I feel like the next I'm not going to look at the next one yet, but it could be like a place to hang your headphones or some wire type things and that you could take. Um, Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, this is really good. This is really great. Ooh. Oh, there you are. Is that a CNC router? I believe it's a vinyl cutter, if I'm not mistaken, yes. for creating this stencil. Oh, yeah. That's nice. Be yeah, Rev, did you buy a little vinyl cutter? Yeah, it's like a cricket. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, well, here's a question. So you call it cricket. I believe that the uh, technically it's called a cry cut. Cry cut, yeah. 
Yeah. But I, the but maybe I was just mispronouncing it wrong this whole time because I didn't recognize that cricket. I don't know. Cricket seems more obvious. I think it has to be cricket <laughs> because it's like it's got to be a cute little name, right? Like it can't yeah. it can't be a thing you sell at Joanne Fabrics and not have a cute little name. That's true. So well, it looks like the vinyl it. on here isn't um, adhering itself that easily. It's Is not. that why you're adding the glue? Yes. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, cause it's, because of the rough surface of yep. the wood, I, I can imagine you'd, you'd need like glass or something for that to work. Yeah. But um, it looks super cool. Oh, you just wanted the vinyl to stay as opposed to yeah. it, to be a spray paint mask. Got it. Yep. Oh, what? Yay. This <laughs> is so freaking cool. Okay. So what we're looking at is a little free electronics library stuck to a telephone pole, which is very apropos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah, thanks. I um, I hope... Yeah, so there's a USB cable in there. There's like a 12-volt power power plug, like a power adapter, mm-hmm. like for your... Yeah, for the cigarette lighter. Ex- yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's a cigarette lighter USB thing, because I had a couple of those somehow. I have multiples of those in my life. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I... So a couple things. I wanted to use all scraps which I mm-hmm. was successful in doing, which is why it looks kind of wonky. <laughs> mm-hmm. The shelves <laughs> have like a weird, they're like triangle in cuts as opposed to like proper shelf, you know, looking shelves. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And yeah. then um, the the cricket I'd use in another project for uh, one of our challenges. So I wanted to like reuse that because it felt like it was a tool I wasn't using enough, but I was like, I bought this thing. I should, I should go for it. And so I went for it. And um, so I tried to use all things that I've, had laying around or at my disposal. And then, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, we live in the world of everyone has too many cables, but never the right cable. And so mm-hmm. I thought maybe if it's, it's a problem of, of artificial scarcity, right? Like if we all threw our pile, our cables into a pile in a park in the middle of the city, everyone could get to the cable they need, you know, <laughs> because it's in there, you just have to get to it. And right now we have them all in our cars or in our, weird junk drawers and stuff. So I was like, maybe if I just take my cables and put them on the street, uh, ones that I have extras of, someone else can use them uh, and I can distribute the the working capital around. Well, what's really interesting about this is it's so many things. So it's art and it's functional and it's practical in some really interesting way. And it's also engaging uh, anybody. Like yeah, anybody who yep. walks down the street can appreciate it for on multiple levels. Yeah. And so yeah. I love that it is truly interactive, just like a little free library might be. And I wish there was one on my street. Oh, cool. Yeah. Maybe it'll start a trend. You know, I'm hoping, hoping. I think it will. I honestly think that every neighborhood needs one. I kind of want to make a little pamphlet for it. I didn't have time. You should. Like but, just how to, yeah. how to whack one of these things together exactly, and yeah. where to put yep. it. Yep. And, uh, I think they would be very popular because we all have this shit laying around our... Can I say shit? Oh, yeah. Please do. Please. Oh, okay. Say it twice. I'm, I yeah. got a real potty mouth. <laughs> shit, 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 shit. So, um, <laughs> that was, felt so freeing. Oh, one of the cables in there is the old school iPhone like 30 pin cable. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's a thing that actually if you needed it, if you have an old school Where phone... Where would you find it? Yeah, you would yeah. have to pay like premium price probably to get one now. Or like... Right. More than you should, right? Like, because there's a million of them probably in landfills, literally millions. Great work, Rob. Thanks. Really cool. good work. Yeah, has really any fun. of this stuff moved yet? Have you gone back to check and see if it's gone? 
Ooh, you know, we we could wait while you look because yeah. I'm kind of at the edge of my seat. Yeah. <laughs> we got nowhere to go. Yeah, cool. Let me go check out. It'll take like one second. I'm back. Okay. Yes, the the power block brick is gone, and the USB no. cable is gone. The 30-pin nice. cable is still in there. Kind of not, not a surprise. <laughs> but no one left anything? No one's left anything, and there is something Do you want else. me to send you a box of stuff to put in there? <laughs> I like that idea. Or, or how about I send you a little free electronics library box, and then, then you'll have the box, and you can put your stuff in that box. Oh, yes. <laughs> Cool. I know exactly where I'm going to put it. I'm going to put it right outside CPC. Oh, great. Yeah. Send pole. me your address and I'll uh, pop it in the mail awesome. in like a couple weeks. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh. The first satellite. Oh, I'm so excited. I am library. really excited. <laughs> Good work, dude. Yep. We yeah. did it. You can find photos of our finished projects over at projects.opposablepodcast.com. We, have, we also have links in our show notes and we post cool stuff to our Instagram account, which is opposable underscore podcast. We'd like to send you an opposable thumb sticker. Just share a po- the podcast on social media or some other way, and we'll send you a sticker. So contact us at on Instagram at opposable underscore podcast or at our email address, which is opposablepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know that you shared the love, and we will put a sticker in the mail to you. Uh, we'd like to give a shout out to Charlene McBride, Adam Mayer, Deb Chatra, Blondie Hacks, Nick Kantar, Walter Katindu, and David Bellhorn. They're our top Patreon supporters. If you'd like to join them in our League of Patreon supporter badasses, please go to patreon.com slash opposable thumbs to sponsor us. Our podcast is dedicated to providing a harassment-free experience for everyone, regardless of race, age, gender, sexual orientation, disability, physical appearance, body size, knowledge of subject matter, or religion, or lack thereof. We actively support an inclusive environment, and we want you to be a part of it. You can check out our full code of conduct over at our site. Deborah, do you have any links, URLs, websites, etc., that you would like other people to know about, such as sons.com or anything else? ChicagoBrandMakers.com, DebraMarisLater.com. Um yeah, uh, actually, uh, boy, I know so many people doing such great things, and now I'm like just... It's tough. Like, my brain yeah. is, is swamped. Um, but they certainly should check out your work and Taylor's, because um, I'm oh, totally shucks. impressed. And uh, we, because uh, the CPC is turning 30, we're having events like mm-hmm. all through the year. Awesome. Um, and our next uh, thing we're doing is um, a film-positive show uh, at the CPC on the 21st, and Taylor... We're having steamroller printing again yes. on July 25th and 26th. And uh, so you better start carving your block. Yeah. Um, and that will be like kind of part of a culmination of our 30th year. But um, this time we're shutting down Lincoln Avenue to have, because I had this little fantasy of closing down the entire street and printing steamroller prints all the way up Lincoln Avenue in the middle of the street. And we're doing it. And so we got the city on board and the, aldermen and everything so it's gonna be a nice. big deal so nice. uh you can all carve blocks and come for that but yeah just check out you know our websites and and all of, all those things um that's chicagoprintmakers.com right it is cool, mm-hmm. cool. yeah i have three yeah. three quick things um one yeah. is uh a zine maker and programmer person named julia evans i don't i don't know who she is but i really like her work she she makes these really cool zines and kind of web comics and one of the zines is called help i have a manager so it's like how to deal with someone who is in a role that is your boss which i really like um and mm-hmm. she has other sort of programming tech 
uh, comics as well. And one of them is called So You Want to Be a Wizard, which I think is a great um, title for any comic. Um, I have a new a new uh, thing I've been doing, which is a new old thing, which is I've renewed my interest in RSS feeds, <laughs> which is kind of yeah. old school. Um, in the past. Yeah, there's um, a new version of an an old older open source program called net newswire that's an rss reader it's open source and it looks freaking great like it it looks so good and it like works really quickly and you can subscribe to rss feeds and there's some that are built in so if you download net newswire you'll get some kind of baked in which are interesting kind of blogger people and um mm-hmm. it's a really great way to consume news and content and stuff without the sort of load of social media attached to it which is has been really good so net newswire 5 it's great it's cheap it's free, actually, so it's really good. Very cool. And then previous guest, Matthew Lippincott, uh, he was a previous guest on the podcast, and he is still working on his really, really cool personal dirigible called AirPup. Um, mm. He just posted a video on his Crowd Supply page, which is really, really neat. It's um, he where he explains the kind of complexities of of it, working with inflatables because you're like doing CAD files, but then you're making sewing patterns from those CAD files and then like mm-hmm. prototyping them in paper and you have to inflate it. And it's like, you're inflating a, a like an object that's not the actual object. And so, and these little like nuances really change the shape of the inflatable that you have to deal with. And so his like prototyping video of making a dirigible um, is it's a testament to his tenacity <laughs> and curiosity because it seems so complicated, but it's also just fascinating to watch. Um, so there's CAD sewing, paper prototyping, all these cool skills in there. And if you go to crowdsupply.com forward slash head full of air with dashes in there, and I'll link to it in show mm-hmm. notes, you can check out Matt's really cool project called AirPup and um, see his amazing kind of very maker creative videos attached to it. And that's what I got. Can cool. I mention one thing yes. that I noticed in a past podcast? Because oh, I had yeah. to figure out how this format worked. Um, your love of the British baking show is oh another gosh. thing we share. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my we gosh. Have Brit, we got a Brit box as a gift and oh. we love the British baking show too. Yeah. So just awesome. Oh. Anyway, oh my sorry, gosh. didn't mean to interject. I can't even yeah. deal that the new season is, is happening right now. I know. Is it? Yeah, we should just not do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just go watch it. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. could, we could be missing a flan or, or, or a something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A sponge. I got to get with it. Man. Yep. I haven't so gotten the bug yet. Oh, Taylor, we're saving you from yourself by saying don't watch it, but yeah. it's, it's really good. Well, You'll have a lot more time to make art. Yeah. I'm trying to make my way through all of the uh, coming crap of uh, bingeable fantasy shows like the remake of The Dark Crystal and um, mm-hmm. nice. Carnival Row. And man, let me tell you, they are, they are rough going. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I've, been, I've been let down in that regard. But the, the recommendations I do have... Um, I've been listening to this song, uh, Sun Toucher by J- oh. uh, Jeru the Damager. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, who was, a, who was, did the beat on that, Rob? I don't Remember? know. No. It was uh, Groove Armada from like 2001. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Uh, but I've been playing that over and over and over again and trying to make myself hate it, and I haven't done it yet. So <laughs> I've been loving that song. Everybody yeah. should listen. And then... Um, also, uh, reading this book, Tales from the Dying Earth, which was this, um, I think it's Jack Vance, but the, for any of the Dungeons and Dragons nerds out there, a lot of the um, material that came to influence the writing of Dungeons and Dragons, like, um, uh, I won't go into details, I'll save you guys, but the uh, it's really worth checking out, because when you read it, you realize that all this stuff that's familiar to nerds of that set uh, springs from this 1950s fantasy novel. That's cool. Wow. Um, 
So that's, that's been cool. cool. And then finally, um, Rob and I were talking about this a little bit earlier, but there's this guy who opened a discount tool store in Logan Square. Yes. And he's he's just a just a single person on his own, although it sounds like he has a really supportive family as yep. well. Uh, 3738 West Fullerton Avenue, Ray's Tools, R-E-Y. But he, he finds uh, discounted tools because of liquidations and things like that. So I, I think they're largely new tools, although there's used ones as well. And then sells them super cheap. So apparently you can get them way cheaper there than you could on Amazon or wherever else. And um, so it's just, it's cool because it's a Latino owned business. Yep. And he's trying to fill a local gap where, you know, people need um, tools to run their own businesses and to do home repair and things like that. It just sounds like a cool guy. And then if you see images of the store, it's just super, super stripped down. Yeah, it's like pegboard and shelves. Oh, I love that. And just tools. Um, so I'm going to post a link to that person as well, but go check him out. He was reviewed on Block Club. Yeah. Uh, and it took over a former quinceanera shop. Which yeah. I thought was a great, a great yeah, touch. Really as well. Oh, yeah. so great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I actually have a book to recommend. Oh, cool. um, yeah. It's something I, I, I just finished, which is, was really inspiring, the, the writing as well as um, kind of, it, it kind of intersects with some of the things we've been talking about. Um, and that's the over, the over story. And that's by Richard Powers. And it's a book about trees. And, oh. It's fiction and it's really just stunning. And it, like you read it and you start to really worry about the planet <laughs> in a really good way, but very so, poetic, poetic way. It's it's wonderful. Anyway, I mean, highly recommend it. Now's cool. the time to worry. It's kind of the, yeah. the sensible thing to do. <laughs> yep. Deborah, I believe you have a challenge for us and our next guest. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's hear it, please. My challenge is the word scale. Yeah, all that right. Is so good. Yeah. Oh, Juicy. That's a really good one. Oh, man. Glad you like it. Yeah, that's good. There's so Lots many ways, ways to go. Lots of ways to look at that yep. one. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> Which is what's fun. Yeah. You know? yeah. I've already picked my way of looking at it. Now I just have to figure out what I can realistically pull off. It's oh. like. Oh, yeah. Deborah Taylor, yeah. this is the story of our lives. Taylor, in <laughs> one second, will be like, got it. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'll be like, for like four, seven days, and I'm like, Damn it! I don't know what I'm. I don't know. I have to make a I've mind map. I got an angle on it. <laughs> yeah. I, I just know which interpretation of scale I want to use. That's all I know. Well, thanks, guys. Yeah, this, this was super fun. cool. Yeah, thanks yeah. for coming on. It was really cool yeah. to see your work. Yeah, thanks so much. See you later. <laughs> Bye. It's like speed metal, but nicer. <laughs>